In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Lent is always preparing us for something more. That means Lent can be an honest and open and even a gentle time to embrace our failures. Today we can learn all about this from St. Peter. It is very hard to be a bigger failure than St. Peter. In the gospel appointed for this second Sunday of Lent, Peter misses the mark so badly that Jesus turns to him and in front of all of his friends, Jesus calls him Satan. But as you know, that is not the end of Peter's story. After all, he recovered well enough to be buried under the high altar at the Vatican. So the question for this morning is, how did he do that? How did he move from here to there? How did St. Peter honestly and openly embrace his failures? And how did he come to be something more? Happily, the answer is this. Only grace can change us, and Lent is full of grace. If Lent is a time to embrace our failures, openly, honestly, and gently, then Lent is not only a time to confess our sins and to be forgiven and to leave our failures behind, but it is also a time to grow through our failures and come to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. Again and again and again, the apostles got it all wrong, arguing among themselves about which was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, or pushing away the little children who only wanted a hug from Jesus, or telling Jesus to stay away from that soiled woman or that noisy blind beggar, failing in their own prayers and sleeping through his, scattering when the chips were down in the Garden of Gethsemane, and leaving Jesus all alone to die on the cross, save St. John. And St. Peter seems the worst of the lot. After three years of a catechumenate, when Jesus himself, the Son of God, was his tutor, after making his very first communion on Maundy Thursday, then on that very same night, Peter denies everything. He denies he ever even met Jesus. Only Judas was a greater catastrophe. We have all felt like that, and we may even feel it more painfully at this time of year when we are trying to keep a disciplined Lent. At just the point when we want to feel it most, at just the point when we want to do the right thing and keep the fast, we find that our prayers have dried up, that our love for others has failed, and that our confidence in God has disappeared. 
like Peter, we find that we have failed. So what could bring us back? What could make life right again? What could make the 40 days of Lent fruitful for us? In the distance, this story will end with Peter running to an empty tomb on Easter morning and discovering that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, risen from the dead, never lets go. It ends with Peter's discovery that life is full of grace and that his grace is meant for each one of us. So his failures were not wasted and his long three-year Lent with Jesus actually bore fruit. Even though, so much like us, Peter could not see it in real time especially on days like today when he was humiliated in front of all of his friends or like the night when he fled the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus needed him most or when he wept bitterly after denying Jesus three times. His failures actually ended up working for him even though he didn't realize it was happening when it was happening. How is that possible? Only grace can change us, and Lent is full of grace. It is a mark of love. It is a mark of his deep love for St. Peter that Jesus so clearly and honestly identifies Peter's sin. After all, when we love someone, we tell them the truth. And we tell them the truth so they can get better. Here's the sin, and the King James Version may say it best. Jesus turns to Peter in front of all of his friends, and this is what Jesus says. The trouble with you is that you savor the things of men, and you do not savor the things of God. To be tagged like that in front of your friends is raw pain. The reason that we sin is because we actually enjoy our vices. We like the way they taste. We savor them. Whether it's lying or cheating or stealing or holding a grudge, we enjoy that more than God's way of holiness and forgiveness and discipline and order and love. But Lent is filled with grace, and grace can change us. When we have failed, even when we have failed as miserably as St. Peter, there are a couple of things that can happen. When Jesus is completely honest with us, we can rebel against love and against honesty, and we can become bitter in our humiliation. Or we can accept Jesus' rather painful truth about ourselves 
and we can become better. We can expose the wound, and we can put ourselves under the care of the great physician for healing. That is the humility of allowing ourselves to be loved by the Son of God. The humility of letting grace have its way with us, stopping and listening and dropping our defenses, savoring the things of God and not the things of men, believing and loving Jesus because he first loved us, and then stepping back in line behind Jesus. Precisely the thing he invites St. Peter to do today. And then, once we are back in line, following him more carefully today than we did yesterday. As Jesus says, it is all about taking up a cross, his cross, and living a particular kind of life, his life, and lifting up our eyes and seeing that in the distance, at the end of Lent, at the end of our failures, there is an empty tomb. Near the end of St. John's Gospel, he tells a very touching story about St. Peter. It is a glorious passage that first feels like another failure, but is really something quite different. One early morning after Easter, Jesus comes to his disciples as they are cooking fish on the beach. When they are finished eating, Jesus speaks to Peter. Simon Peter, do you love me? And Peter replies, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. A bit of time goes by and Jesus asks again, Simon Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, you know I, you know I love you. A bit more time passes and Jesus asks a third time, Simon Peter, do you love me? And Peter is deeply, deeply hurt. He is once again humiliated. And he says to Jesus, you know everything. You know I love you. On that day after Easter, what Peter takes as an accusation is actually an absolution. On that day after Easter, Jesus allows the man who denied him three times on Monday Thursday to now confess him three times after Easter as the resurrected Lord. And then Jesus allows St. Peter's failures to work for his good. Peter, feed my lambs. Peter, care for my sheep. Peter, feed my sheep. And so it is that Peter ends up under the high altar at the Vatican. The truth is, no matter how badly we mess things up, Jesus does not let go. Jesus does not abandon us if we will only allow him to be honest and to have his way with us, to shape us and to love us as he sees fit. 
to savor the things that he savors, even his cross, even his life. If that is the case, then Jesus can use us to build his kingdom. Only grace can change us. We cannot change ourselves. But Lent is full of grace. Maybe you've given something up for Lent. And maybe already you've missed in Lent week two. Maybe you have tried to rearrange your life and it is absolutely killing you. Maybe you've just gone dark at precisely the time of year that you would like to be light. It's all right. At the end of this story, there's an empty tomb and a warm embrace from a Jesus whose only goal in life is to have you home again. So don't be afraid to use your Lent for all that it is worth. Try, stumble, fall, fail. All is well, so long as you bring it here each week to his Holy Eucharist, where everything is honest love, where everything is grace, where everything is confessed and forgiven, where all sins are left behind and where every heart is illumined, where we savor the things of God and where God savors you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.